Hey everybody, welcome into the Grace Point Daily Podcast. I am your host, Pastor Jeremiah Johnson. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm really excited. We got a special guest on the podcast. This is our first special guest from the outside, Doug Reed, all the way from Kansas City, Missouri. Doug, welcome to the Grace Point Daily Podcast. Hey, glad to be here. Greek uh, green. <laughs> we are we are really glad that you're on the podcast. I am getting to know you, but uh, you are in a sense kind of part of the Grace Point family in some some sense, right? Yeah, I've been coming for a long time and love love what God's doing at the church. Love the new thing that He's doing as well. So you said you've been coming here for? Did you say or how many years would you say you've been coming here? Gosh, I would say fifteen years probably. Uh, I was just starting traveling full time for a couple of years when um, I was booked here through a kind of a loose connection and uh, it clicked right away and you know they started having me in every year good well they they must love you to have you back that many times (laughs) so and we loved you today well I know some of you that might be listening to the podcast um, might know who Doug Reed is some of you might not so Doug tell us just a little bit tell us about your ministry and who you are we're going to dive into your story today but just tell about who tell us about who you are yeah I I head up a ministry called partnership ministries and we uh well, we make partnerships with local churches and go in and preach the gospel there. I do a lot of men's conferences, women's women's conferences, uh, marriage conferences, youth conferences, leadership conferences. And then out of those relationships that develop, we end up doing missions work through our missions arm called uh, Partnership International. And you are, what do you, what do you call yourself? Do you call yourself an evangelist, a pastor? I, I guess the closest <laughs> title uh, would be an evangelist. I, I am sort of an evangelist missionary, um, but, uh, you know, I feel called to preach the gospel. I think, I think really uh, what we're doing, you know, without the uh, weird haircut and the white suit uh, is, is got like an apostolic edge to it. Mm-hmm. You know, like Apostle Paul had a special relationship with a number of churches and he had a global impact as well. And, you know, in our own small way, that's what we're doing. Cool. And on this particular episode, I really want to hear your story um, because I, one of the things I love is the creative way that Jesus brings people to himself. And I think that might encourage other people Mm -hmm. and encourage other people in their story, et cetera, et cetera. But before we do that, uh, hype your social for us. You got social media. Where where can people grab hold of what you're doing? Wow. Well, they can find me on Twitter. They can find me on Facebook. Uh, our missions website is is Partnership International, PITrips.com. Um, we're launching a new website at the first of the year uh, on Partnership Ministries itself, along with the launch of our new book. Um, but for now, probably Twitter, Facebook, and our okay. missions website. So yeah. Facebook, just search Doug Reed? Uh, Doug, Doug Reed, 1968, I think, is what would work on both uh, Facebook and Twitter. Okay, Doug Reed is R E E D, two Ds. Yes, yeah, because D's. I have another friend, <laughs> Reed R E I D. So search R E E D, Doug Reed. Check it out. Follow what's happening in his ministry. So let's do that. Let's dive into your story, Doug. Today, tell us how you came to know Jesus. Let's talk about who this Doug Reed is and how he came to know Jesus. Yeah, well. Uh, it's interesting that God's given us a little bit of a platform, and yet I am a, I'm a nobody from nowhere. Uh, grew up in a steel mill town in Illinois. Uh, my, my father had uh, really been hurt by the Catholic Church when he was younger. Uh, my mom grew up Methodist. Uh, when they got together, the Catholic Church excommunicated my dad, um, and so they decided not to raise us with any form of religion. Uh, <laughs> okay. Neither neither one of them had ever had a real experience with Christ, and 
So I grew up uh, without really knowing anything about God, and uh, a lady, for, lady lived across the street from me. She'd give me a Bible when I was a little kid, and at the age of 16, I found myself uh, just getting into drugs and alcohol. I uh, was addicted to pornography, uh, was really suicidal. I tried to kill myself a couple of times. Uh, at one point, even put a shotgun in my head and pulled the trigger, and the gun didn't go off. Wow, and this and, is at, as a teenager. Yeah, yeah, yeah and I was... I, I really believe that God saved my life for a purpose. I, I was walking in a lot of despair, uh, had almost no sense of self-worth. And uh, right in the middle of that uh, was, again, getting deeper into drugs and alcohol and what have you. And a friend of mine had booked us two tickets to a Van Halen concert in St. Louis, Missouri. Praise God. Uh, Van yeah, Halen. Yeah, yeah. Van Halen, rock, <laughs> rock on. Yeah, so we were going to—it was when uh, um, Sammy Hagar was with them. And we were going to go there. We are going to go to the concert. We had two girls that decided to go with us uh, of ill reputation, let's put it that way. And <laughs> if everything went right, we'd get drunk, we'd have sex, we'd do yeah. everything you could do at that concert. And, and uh, anyway, that very day, a friend of mine that lived across the street from me, uh, he invited me to church. And it was strange. It was a Monday, and he was inviting me to church. And and uh, he actually lied to me. He told me there'd be girls at church that would like me. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, there was girls later, but uh, that was the bait that he used. And what he didn't tell me was that he had had my name on a prayer list there in that church that was really experiencing a move of God uh, for several months. And um, I, I, he didn't know that God had been dealing with me, and something clicked inside of me. And uh, to everyone's surprise, mine included, I gave up my tickets to the concert. And I said, I'll go to church with you tonight. And I showed up wow. to And a, was that on a Sunday night or what? what, what well, yeah, it was, like, a, it was a Monday night. Uh, they were having... Oh, it was, so it was a, like a Monday night revival service yeah, or they, something. Well, actually, of. they were having two weeks. Uh, they called it camp meeting. And again, I'd never been in any kind of a church context. And uh, it was a flat-out Pentecostal church. Uh, I didn't even know what that meant, um, but I do remember people running the aisles, all kinds of things happening in those services, but I, to me, it just seemed exciting, and, and I, again, I didn't have anything to compare it to, and that night, I heard about the love of God for the first time. Wow. And, and, and so you got, did you get saved that night? Or well, that, that night, kind of the my, start, or? my defenses started coming down, and I... I think primarily I just didn't understand what was happening. I think I was very open to the gospel, but I was I just didn't understand what was happening. And uh, they were giving altar calls, come down front and kneel here and, and be led to Christ by whoever the speaker was. And and uh, so I said to my friend at the end of the service, and I, I he had already been blown away that I came to begin with, and I said to him, I said, hey, could I come back tomorrow night? I knew they were meeting every night, and so... The wow. next night, I, I went and heard about the love of God again and, and uh, was actually waiting for the guy to call people down front and thinking as soon <laughs> as he does that, I'll, I'll run to the front. Mm -hmm. So uh, I would say it like this. When I knelt at that altar and prayed that prayer, uh, you don't know how heavy sin is until it's gone. And it was mm -hmm. like a million pounds had been lifted off of my chest, wow. and uh, things began to change. I think... Um Back it up a minute. I think, you know, you and I have somewhat similar stories in a sense is that we're first generation Christians. We're yep. first generation believers. Mm -hmm. We had a radical encounter with Christ ourselves. It was not a religion that we were birthed in and brought up yeah. in, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But I think the older I get, the more and more I look back, the more I appreciate 
and sometimes almost laugh at the setup or how God, because for me, I remember the moment when I got saved. Yeah. God changed my life. One prayer, bam. I mean, everything changed. And I, and, and I guess maybe the first few years I was so connected to that moment. But then I, now that I get older, I look, I look back and I literally see from when I was a kid, God began to set me up mm-hmm. for this moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, you kind of shared that a little bit. One thing was that... Um, was the Bible. Now, you got that Bible when you were a kid, you, you were saying? Yeah. And did you ever read it, or did you... Yeah, it was just a classic, uh, old-school King James Version, and I, uh, when I began to be hungry uh, for change, uh, two months earlier, I, I started reading, I think I got to about Genesis 10, and uh, just couldn't understand what I was reading, but I, I had, <laughs> uh, had a real interest in spiritual things. Uh, my setup really began with that friendship. Uh, the guy that led me to Christ, I had been friends with him since I was a little kid. Yeah. And uh, I, he now is an electrician at a power plant, and I still go out of my way to wow. honor, honor that relationship. I, and is he, a, is he a follower of Christ? He is, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he is. He, he's, uh, he's just an average dude, you know, and, <laughs> and uh, you know, plays saxophone in his worship band at his church and, um, you know, isn't somebody that would be, you know, extraordinary for Christ, but in my life he was. Yeah. yeah. We, you know, we forget, I think that's one thing which we forget is to appreciate the people brought, God brought into our life. Yeah. For example, the guy, the kid, I would never have come to know Jesus if it wasn't for Nathan Keister, who mm-hmm. invited me across the street to that yeah. little Sums God youth yeah. group. When I was a junior higher, I didn't get saved then. I went to junior high on and off and that kind of thing. I never got saved until I was a senior in high school, but that was the seed Mm -hmm. that was planted. And I remember, uh, well, it was a while back, maybe 10 years ago, I remember meeting Nathan Keister. He doesn't follow Jesus. He's not serving the Lord. And I got to look at him eyeball to eyeball and say, you know, Nathan, everything I am is because you invited me to youth group. And it was a weird moment because he kind of gave me that kind of like, uh, you know, look, because he's not following Jesus, but here, and I just think that's interesting too, is that here's this guy is not following Jesus, uh, nothing to do with God. And yeah. here I am, you know, serving the church and, and doing these things for the Lord. And it was him that brought me to the Lord, you know, yeah. and it broke yeah. my heart at the same time too, to, to yeah. see that. Yeah. I often tell his name is Keith Matheny. And I often, often tell him that every person I've ever won to Christ is on his account. Yeah, and uh, it's funny. I have traveled the world preaching the gospel. He's—I don't think he's ever been out of the country, uh, and and yet, you know, you never know the impact you're going to make by just leading one right. person to Christ. And it's—and that's where I wish the um, every church person could grab hold of that. Is that uh, hyping up the podcast? Is you know talking about? I was talking about influence. Mm-hmm. Everyone has the opportunity to influence someone. It doesn't know, it doesn't matter how small you think you are. If you are a follower of Christ and you're breathing and you're moving and going places, you have influence and you don't even know one day it it might be a story like yours that someday someone's going to come back and be like, man, here, I'm doing all these things for Jesus. And you were faithful to do the work of God. So I know even as a pastor, sometimes we can get caught up in the numbers and things like that. And I always have to make sure to look at who's in front of me and say, here's my opportunity right here. Yeah, I think we just make things too hard. Um, What Keith did for me was he just invited me into the relationships he already had. And he invited me into the church. And thank God I was, even though that church was somewhat extreme stylistically, 
what they were doing is just simply providing consistent opportunities for people to encounter God. Yeah. And so I said it in my sermon this morning, I started to grow up because I started to show up <laughs> and every single time. And, and, and a big part of that was the services, but a big part of that was the fact that I had somebody in Keith Matheny who invited me into that social group and yeah. I started to grow. There's still, I still believe there's power in the simple church invitation. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. uh, I got saved because my back, my dad's backslidden girlfriend who was living with us invited me to church on a yeah. Sunday night. Yeah. And that really led to the moment. Yeah. I, I will often hear, uh, well, people that are more spiritual than me, uh, debate that and say, you know, the, the gospel isn't supposed to be inside of the four walls of the church. We're supposed to take it out and I get all that. And of course we practice that. I'm willing to share the gospel anywhere. I've led people to Christ in lots of different environments, but the statistics hold true that about 90% of people that come to Christ, come to Christ in a church service. In the church. Wow. And so you're going to, uh, going to have your best effect, generally speaking, yeah. uh, by inviting somebody. Well, and whether it's technically, uh, this has really been on my heart lately, le- whether it's a church service or not, people get saved mm-hmm. when the, the body of Christ gathers. Yeah. That maybe that's a better way of saying it. You know, we get so caught up in just the yeah. Sunday morning service, but people should be getting saved when the body of Christ gathers. Yeah, I mentioned in my sermon this morning, you know, that salvation uh, is an, an event, not so much a process, but but the truth is there is a process leading up to somebody getting saved. Mm-hmm. And the church just makes that process so much easier yeah. for somebody to be able to encounter the presence of God in worship and hear the gospel broken down in a sermon, uh, be, in a, be in an environment where you can make multiple social connections. Uh, you're, you're not going to do that in a back booth in a restaurant, you know, happens <laughs> so in the church. So you, you skip the Van Halen concert, yes. you get radically saved, not the first night, the second night, you yes. said, right? Yeah. And then what happened after that? Well, I, I went to church for 12 nights. Uh, the next 12 nights, that was my discipleship process, was, uh, again, just growing up because I was showing up and kept experiencing God. Uh, about two months later, I was in a youth rally. I had already been water baptized, and uh, uh, the guy preached on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I had no idea what that was, <laughs> didn't even know that speaking in tongues was a part of it, uh, but I remember as he was giving his response time, going over in my mind, I've been saved, I've been water baptized, and literally thought to myself, I don't have that one, and I walked down front, nobody prayed with me or anything, I just walked down front, lifted my hands, and began to speak in another language. And I thought it was weird, uh, but I knew it <laughs> yeah. was God. And so I turned around and started walking back to my seat. And about halfway back, it hit me like a ton of bricks. You are called into the ministry. <laughs> You're called to preach. And by the, by the time I got to the back door of the church, I had already said, there's no way I'm doing that. <laughs> and so my process, my process towards ministry began at that point. And that, wow. that was probably the only, uh, what I would call dark time in my walk with God is that the more God dealt with me about that, I was a seven, eight month old Christian. Um, the more I started denying it, started becoming a little hard to faith. And it was about five months later at a youth convention that I went backstage and submitted to my calling. And really, I, I can't think of a time in my life since then that I've not been passionately in love with God. Wow. And that, yeah. how, old, how old were you Were you again at that point? Uh, I would be, I'd be just, um, 
uh, 16 and three quarters, you know. Okay. You know, so kind of, like were you yeah. junior or a sophomore? Yeah, sophomore. yeah junior. Oh, junior. Okay. Wow. And so the next, uh, next year and a half, you know, I, I served God, uh, in my school and then, uh, went off to, went off to Bible college to prepare for ministry. And, uh, at this point, my father wasn't a Christian yet. My mom had gotten saved, but it was starting to have a major impact on my family, you know, a completely non-religious family, uh, now having somebody that's going off to prepare for ministry. Yeah. One question uh, I often, well, not often, but I've asked God before is just why me? You know, why, why me, Lord, of all the people that you would choose and call? And mm-hmm. I'm surprised I'm even saved some yeah. days, you yeah. know, but yet to get to be used. And I've met so many other people that are amazing people, so talented, so gifted, but don't know the Lord or some that have grown up in church again, yeah. that have walked away from who they should be in Christ. And it's just crazy. Yeah, I think I think sometimes God chooses, you know, as First Corinthians one tells us, uh, God chooses the weak things, you know, God chooses the things the world rejects. And I think often uh, I'll say it like this: it's because our our insecurities are so well established that uh, the only way I know how to serve God is in my weakness, and we know that in our weakness He is strong. I, I also think uh, God uses uh, my my lack of experience. Um, I went to Bible college with kids that had grown up in preachers' homes right. <laughs> and were just lamenting every part <laughs> right, of the ministry. Yeah. And for me, I couldn't wait to start. I, mm-hmm. I, had, I had no bad or, or even good context. I had no context at all. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's helped me to live my adventure with, uh, with a little bit more of, a, of an abandonment. Yeah. Wow. So the moral of the story is if you skip the Van Halen concert... <laughs> You're going to go to God will change your life. Good good things happen <laughs> when you skip the Van Halen concert. I did throw away all their music, and now I kind of wish I had it back. But, but, uh, but yeah. that's, that's the cycle, isn't it? But really, you know, kind of, uh, but, you know, truthfully, don't, I want to, let's just, you know, let's wrap up. I love the story. I hope that encouraged mm-hmm. you today. Let's just kind of wrap it up a little bit with just some simple realities. Number one is like, don't forget to just invite people to church, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, bring them into the family of God so that Absolutely. they can see God. I think so many people just still forget that simple reality. Get people around the people of God. Yeah. And they'll get to see God. Mm-hmm. If if we're functioning correctly, yeah. they should when they gather Grace Point, when they gather here, they should see God. Yeah, one thing I would say to the church corporately too is just that to always be aware, you may have noticed in my sermon this morning I had a very, you know, church-directed sermon, but I started off by talking to people that are not in church. Yeah. Uh, God dealt with me when I was pastoring of why, why would he send lost people to my church if I never talked to them? <laughs> uh, so it's not uncommon to hear me in a sermon say, turn to the book of Matthew. Matthew is one of four guys that followed Jesus around and wrote down what he did. Give somebody a little bit of context. And uh, I, I, think, I think as a church member, we always have to be aware that there are people coming in that uh, they can't quote two scriptures. They have no social context, and we've got to pay attention. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, just uh, make—I I preached this a few weeks back uh, ago, but again, make the most of every opportunity. Mm-hmm. You don't know who that, that person in Absolutely. front of you that— Yeah. It might just be one prayer. Mm-hmm. It might be one service. It might be one event that you're the person— yeah. That is going to be that one that, you know, again, you might be, it's like the Bible says, you might be the seed planner, you might be the yeah. water, you might 
you might get to see the whole thing happen, yeah. but don't forget that you have an opportunity in front of you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I believe in the power of one moment, you know, um, you know, the, the, the word moment in the Greek comes from, uh, the, the word atomos and it's where we get the word atom. The atom, of course we know is the smallest part of an element. In other words, you can't get any smaller than an atom. And yet that's where atomic bombs are created. That's where atomic energy comes from. In other words, every moment has atomic potential. You know, it's wow. an amazing thought. Uh, it's not original with me, but it's, right. an, amaz- <laughs> it's an amazing thought. And uh, in my life, the moment of a simple invite, the moment of giving up a yeah. ticket to a concert, and now 30 some odd years of history, uh, you know, that moment had atomic potential for sure. Yeah. I was going to say our our testimonies may be similar, but you're clearly smarter than me based on that last. (laughs) Yeah, I I, I memorize quotes like that to fool people, for sure. Hey, we're so (laughs) grateful that you joined us today on the Grace Point Daily Podcast, and that was a powerful story. I know you yourself probably have a powerful story yourself if you're listening to this podcast. Share it. Don't ever forget the power of your story and sharing it to other people. And pray, I'm pray that that you will be the one that will bring change. That what was his name? That your friend Keith. You'll be a Keith. You'll be a Nathan. You'll be whatever. You will be that person. Whether it's a church invite, whether it's at the altar praying for him, you're going to be someone that is going to bring salvation, hope, and healing into the lives of someone else. God bless you. It's been great having Doug Reed. Uh, you can go to our website, Grace Point dot org, and you can hear his message that he preached this last Sunday. But Doug, thank you so much for joining us, and we hope to get you back for one more. Man, my privilege. Thank you. We'll talk to you next time.